This meeting will come to order. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Monday, December 11th, 2023 meeting of the Rules Committee of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. I'm Supervisor Matt Dorsey, Chair of this committee, and I am joined by Vice Chair Shimon Walton. Uh, member, committee member Asha Safai, I believe, is on his way. Uh, together, we'd like to express our uh, gratitude, as always, to our clerk today, Mr. Victor Young. Thanks also to the team at SFGovTV for facilitating and broadcasting today's meeting, in particular, our producer today, Sus Enos. Um, this is going to be our final meeting before winter, winter recess of the Rules Committee, and I know my committee colleagues and I would like very much to take this opportunity to extend our gratitude to everyone in the uh, clerk's office, um, our Deputy City Attorney Ann Pearson, and everybody in uh, City Attorney David Chu's office, and all who make these meetings possible, and that includes the Sheriff's Department, um, who manages access and security, to the team at SFGovTV, who ensure that our work is accessible to all of those we serve. On behalf of all of us from who make up the Rules Committee, we hope you all uh, enjoy the holiday season and have a uh, restful um, holiday with your family and loved ones that you have all well earned. Uh, Mr. Clerk, do you have any announcements? Uh, yes, public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. When your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, please line up to speak on your right. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to myself, the Rules Committee Clerk, at victor.young at sfgov.org. If you submit com public comment via email, it will be uh, forwarded to the supervisors as included in the file. You may also send your written comment via U.S. mail to our office at City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Gillett Place, Room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. Please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Documents to be included as part of the file should be submitted to the clerk. Items acted upon today are expected to appear on the Board of Supervisors agenda of January 9th, 2024, unless otherwise stated. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Would you please call item number one? Item number one is a motion approving rejecting the mayor's nomination for the appointment of Azelina Usopa, term ending July 1st, 2026, to the Sanitation and Streets Commission. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. The uh, mayor has nominated Azelina Usopa to uh, seat number five on the Sanitation and Streets Commission. Um, she is joining us this morning. As always, we ask that nominees limit their remarks to just uh, to two or three minutes and uh, leave us time for questions and answers. Uh, Ms. Yusuf, um, welcome to the Rules Committee. The floor is yours, and I uh, hope I haven't uh, mispronounced your name, but thanks okay. so much. The Thank floor you. is yours. Good morning, Supervisors. Um, my name is Azalina Yusuf. <laughs> Uh, I have been a resident of San Francisco for the last 21 years. I have run and operate my business for the last 12 years. And um, I'm a mother of two young adults here in San Francisco. They're still here. Love the San Francisco for sure. I currently reside in Kendall Sticks, and my business is here in the heart of Tenderloin, uh, which I love very much. I have lived in three different continents before I came to the United States 21 years ago. And San Francisco is by far the city that truly gives opportunity to every single person that's doing their best that they can. And I love it very much. I'm very honored Mayor Britt had nominated me, and I hope I can be useful and helpful not only to San Francisco, but the community that I currently very much in love with. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. I just wanted, I wanted to... Uh 
just express my appreciation to you for your willingness to serve. I know as uh, the mother of children and somebody who's running a small business, you're probably looking for you know things to fill all your leisure time. Um, so I appreciate uh, you you giving back to your city, uh, you know, with the full plate that you have. Obviously, I'm being I'm uh, being facetious about that. Um, I, I was interested in looking at some of your background, you know, seeing you were quoted in the New York Times on some of the struggles that small businesses face during COVID. And I think you were credited by the uh, Chronicle food critic as being the face of Malaysian cuisine in San Francisco. So <laughs> someone of your stature, I think, really brings something important to this body. Um, but I would, I would love to hear from you what your thoughts are about the importance of sanitation and how that can support small business in their success. I think um, with the experiences that small businesses are facing right now, you know, like trying, it's always collective effort is always my big thing because I'm running a team. I can't do it by myself. But if I have my staff coming in with some suggestions and idea, that's always make us be able to move one step forward to make sure that we're not only doing the best that we can, but giving our guests the experience, a memorable experience that they will go back and remember that and tell 100 other people, right? So by working and giving back right now to San Francisco, it's always about collective effort in order for us to establish some perimeter, how we can successfully have some sort of, um, I just lost my track of, Thoughts, I'm sorry, some um, system that we can get to what we wanted to in terms of sanitations and cleanliness, especially in some part of the city that's really need some extra support there. Okay, thanks so much. <laughs> Seeing no questions on the roster, I really appreciate your time. Uh, why don't we open this up to public comment? Thanks so much Thank for you. your presentation. Thank you so much. Yes. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item should line up to speak at this time. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes. There will be a soft chime when you have 30 seconds left and a louder chime when your time has expired. Good morning, supervisors. My name is Pratibha Theke and I work for Tenderloin Housing Clinic. I work in the I've been in the neighborhood for 15 years and uh, I know Azalina and a partner for, a long, for at least one and a half, two years ever since they've been in TL. And um, what, one thing I know about Azalina is like, she is not shying away from tough decisions. She knows as a small business owner, how cleanliness makes a big difference for small business owners, especially in front of their sh uh, establishment in the neighborhood, walking to their establishment. So I think she will provide an excellent uh, suggestions, whatever she needs to do, tough decision. If she has to bring people together, she will. She is also, um, ever since she's joined our Tenderloin family, she has, uh, she and her partner has jumped in to resolve issues in the neighborhood rather than just complain from the sidelines. And I know as a small business owner, it is not very easy because your main purpose is to uh, establish yourself and focus on what you need to do better for your, for your establishment. But she has been um, very vocal and willing to help, willing to jump in whenever needed to help support and bring people together. So I definitely support her and I'm looking forward for her to being in the commission and doing the best, not just for Tenderloin, but also for the rest of the city. Thanks. Thank you. Are there any other speakers for this matter?
If you would like to speak for this matter, I would, it is just that you line up to speak. Hi, um, my name is Lorraine Lewis. I work for a, a nonprofit new community leadership foundation in San Francisco, and I've worked in the Tenderloin for about eight years now, previously with the Tenderloin Community Benefit District. And I've known Azalina and Tim, her partner, for about two years uh, prior to them opening their newest business in the Tenderloin. And um, the things I would like to say about Azalina is she's, um, she's fearless, she's passionate, um, she's completely authentic, and one of the things we would often talk about would be the cleanliness in front of her business. And she really brings a special skill and um, knowledge of not only small business, but how to run a small business. And we talked a lot about just table stakes, which are you need to have a clean, um, safe um, environment outside your shop store before you can serve your customers inside. So um, Azalina would be an, uh, a, an amazing choice, um, and I wholly support her. And thank her for the work that she does because it's, um, it's a tough thing for her to run her business every day. And she does it um, with, with such a passion and uh, support for the community. So um, thank you. Thank you. Hello. My name is Nafi Flali. I'm a business owner just like Azalina. Her and I are part of an incubator uh, business that we shared for the last few years. That's how we actually started our business from La Cucina. And from there, I've been, uh, I've been in connection with her in the last few years since I joined. I, I was one of the uh, uh, lucky uh, businesses that, were, that activated the La Cucina community marketplace. And um, her and I have been talking, and I've been to her location even prior of, of opening her business. And one day when I was there, I saw a lot of garbage outside. All of her three bins were all dumped uh, on the ground. And I asked, so what's going on in here? She said, well, this is what I live every day. There's no change. Every week when I have my garbage out, this is what happens. And I said, but what, do you, what are you going to do about it? So when she emailed me a couple of weeks ago saying that she's, she was nominated for this, I was pretty happy because I know that that was something that was very a much struggle. How can you have a hospitality into a place that you serve food if you don't have cleanliness in the outside? And she's been always stressing about that. I hope that with this position, this uh, nominating her, it will allow not only to support small businesses that are in the surrounding area of where she's at, but also in the greater San Francisco. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, hi there. <clears throat> My name is Jamie Flanagan. I'm one of the owners at the Phoenix Hotel on uh, Eddy Street. And uh, over the past year, I've had the privilege to work with Asalina uh, in conjunction with the Tenderloin Business Coalition, where we've been trying to uh, you know, <clears throat> improve the quality of life for business and residents in the neighborhood. Uh, I'm recommending Azalina in this position because I feel like she has uh, a really unique blend of uh, aptitude and acumen for business and represents the business community, but also I think she has uh, the compassion to kind of weigh that out, and that's uh, really needed right now in our neighborhood. Uh, so I think she would be the perfect candidate. Thank you. Are there any other public commenters for this matter? Uh, there are no additional public commenters. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on this item is now closed.
And I would like to again express my appreciation to um, Ms. Yusopo for, uh, for uh, your, someone of, having someone of your caliber uh, serve our city is uh, a blessing and we really appreciate your willingness to serve. I'd like to make a motion to strike reject everywhere it appears in the motion and send this appointment to the full board. Mr. Clerk, can we have a roll call on that motion? Uh, yes, on that motion. Vice Chair Walton. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Safai absent. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes. Great. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Without opposition, then, item one, mayoral appointment, sanitation and streets commission, Azalina Yusopi, moves to the full board as amended. Congratulations. Uh, Mr. Clerk, can you please call item number two? Yes. Item number two is an ordinance amending the administrative code to reduce the membership of the Behavioral Health Commission from 17 to 11 seats, provide the full board of supervisors rather than individual supervisors make these appointments, require that at least one seat be held by a veteran or a veteran's advocate, reduce the minimum number of seats reserved for consumers and families of consumers from nine to six, reset staggering terms for all seats and remove seat requirements for child advocates and certain mental health professionals. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, I have some amendments to this item, but I'd first like to provide some background on the uh, legislation. Um, I've been serving on the board for uh, about a year and a half, and about half of that time has been, it has been my honor to uh, be chair of this committee. Uh, being chair of the Rules Committee has afforded me a front row seat um, to many of our oversight commissions, who is on them, how they function, how they occasionally struggle, and how we as a board can set them up for success. Uh, one thing I have talked frequently about with uh, President Peskin, the former chair of this committee, who is in many ways also uh, a mentor to me on this board and in this committee, um, is about the, the uh, psychological and sociological difference sometimes between serving on small bodies and large ones. Uh, there are several oversight bodies, including the Behavioral Health Commission, that are quite large, containing more seats than the Board of Supervisors. Um, when serving on a small body, um, such as this committee, my colleagues and I know how important it is to be present because uh, the committee can be at an impasse if uh, any two members disagree on an issue. When serving, uh, um, if, if one person doesn't show up, you know, we, don't have, we, may not have a, we may risk our quorum. In contrast, being absent from the full board of supervisors meetings can have less of an impact. Um, so that is one of the issues we're tackling with this body over the years it has struggled to meet quorum. Um, so the changes I have proposed will help set this body up for success by decreasing the number of seats and removing the district-specific appointments since the work of this body is a citywide interest and concern, um, removing the district-specific uh, residency requirements for each seat will also make it easier to recruit um, a body that is sometimes difficult to recruit for. Uh, my colleagues uh, appoint excellent individuals to this and other committees, uh, commissions, and I hope every office will encourage uh, interested and qualified residents of their district to apply. Uh, my office has worked closely with DPH and members of the community to ensure that this comp new composition is compliant with state requirements uh, for the behavioral health oversight bodies and that nobody would lose their seat by virtue of not being qualified. I'm appreciative as well to the community leaders and organizations for their input, including the San Francisco Marin Medical Society. Uh, Jessica Simmons from the Department of Public Health is here this morning, and I want to give her the opportunity to make some brief remarks on this item. Thank you, Chair Dorsey and Vice Chair Walton and Supervisor Safai for he hearing this item. 
a special thanks to you, Chair Dorsey, um, for sponsoring this legislation and also to Madison Tam in your office uh, for working with inviting DPH to speak on um, the behalf. I am Jessica Brown. I am the director of the Office of Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion and the Mental Health Services Act um, for DPH Behavioral Health Department. Uh, I am here on behalf of Marlo Simmons, our BHS Deputy Director, and the staff of the Behavioral Health Com um, Commission, who is out on vacation today. I am here to express SFDPH support as well um, as to explain the rationale behind the proposed legislation. Per California um, Wellness, uh, Welfare and Institution Code uh, 5604, all California counties are required to have a behavioral health uh, board and commissions, our, commission, our committee. Um, the primary purpose of the county level behavioral health commission is to serve as an advisory capacity to the county behavior uh, board of supervisors as well as the local behavioral health division and its staff. Um, in addition, the behavioral health commission is also subjected to a local uh, San Francisco ordinance. Um, there have been recent changes to uh, the California Welfare and Institution Code uh, 5604 regarding the composition of the Behavioral Health um, Commission. The current requirements for membership of the County Behavioral Health Commissions are 50% of the board membership shall be consumers or family members uh, or uh, of consumers um, who are receiving or have received mental health services. At least 20% of the total membership shall be consumers, and at least 20% shall be family members of consumers. Um, in counties with populations of 100,000 or more, at least one member of the board shall be a veteran or um, a veteran advocate. Counties are also encouraged to appoint individuals who have experience with or knowledge of the mental health system. The proposed legislation before you will bring local ordinance um, governing the Bi uh, Behavioral Health Commission in alignment with the recent updated state law. In addition, the Behavioral Health Commission in San Francisco County is currently comprised of 17 seats. It is, and it has been difficult to meet quorum in the last few months. Um, the proposed legislation would reduce the number of seats from 17 to 12, which would assist the commission to meeting quorum and ensuring that all current commissioners will be able to keep their seats. SFDPH supports this ordinance, and we hope that um, you recommend this ordinance to the full board um, with a positive recommendation. I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you so much, uh, Jessica Brown, and my apologies for missing the change to the run of show <laughs> okay. about uh, uh, Ms. Simmons. Um, colleagues, the amends, amendments uh, my staff circulated uh, yesterday evening and that you have on your desk this morning are as follows, and I'll read those into the record. Um, to add an additional seat, uh, the additional seat must meet the requirements for persons with experience or knowledge of the mental health system. Reducing the total number of these persons with experience or knowledge of the mental health system to two. Requiring that two of the seats be persons from various medical professions, and I will read those qualifications, uh, quote, shall be from various, shall be from the following professions. Psychiatry, psychology, mental health social work, nursing with a specialty in mental health, marriage and family counseling, psychiatric technology, or administration of a hospital providing mental health services or of a community mental health facility. And finally, moving back to the expiration of all the seats to uh, June of 2024, these amendments are substantive, so we'll need to continue them uh, one more time. Uh, colleagues, are there any questions or comments? And seeing none, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Mr. Clerk, can we open this up for public comment? 
Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item should line up to speak at this time. Each member will be allowed, each person will be allowed two minutes to speak. There will be a soft chime when you have 30 seconds left and a louder chime when, you when your time has expired. Hi, my name's Leah McGeever. I live in D6. Um, I've just been following this particular item because I don't know if this has been addressed. I haven't been keeping up with amendments and whatnot. I'm just really curious about the remove seats requirements for child advocates. Um, that I, To me, that's a red flag. I don't know the logic or reasoning behind it. And if you three could publicly discuss that, I would appreciate that very much. Um, being that we've just been through, and in my opinion, still going through a COVID pandemic, uh, children have been severely psychologically impacted by this as well. So in my opinion, <laughs> uh, that would mean that we should keep advocates for children when it comes to behavioral health issues, um, and as well as uh, the rising, uh, just homelessness is on the rise. Uh, that means more children are homeless, these children go to school, et cetera. Um, another reason why I am confused about the remove the seat requirements for child advocates, especially when you're um, adding a different seat for veterans, that sounds cool to me. Um, it's just really the child advocate seat removal. And again, maybe that has been resolved in an amendment where child advocates will remain on this behavioral health commission. Um, but for uh, children who are very, very vulnerable, you know, they're already <laughs> going through a lot of issues as far as like being uh, protections being repealed um, from children's rights. Um, I, I don't, again, I just don't understand the need to take away uh, an, an advocate for children. Um, so again, if you could publicly discuss that or, or amend this to explain it, I, I don't know. You can email me if you want to. <laughs> um, that is what I'm extremely curious about. Thank you. Let me know when I may begin. You may begin. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, members of the board, uh, if the size of the Behavioral Health Commission is reduced as planned, it, it will very badly damage the diversity of the commission, the ethnic diversity uh, and racial diversity. These are required to be um, uh, included in, in the commission uh, by state and local law. Currently, the commission is all either black or, or white Hispanic. Um, and th there is a very large proportion of the, of the patient population that is Asian. It has, currently has no representation among active members. So if you reduce the size of the commission and make the current members um, nine of the 11, you'll have to kick off two uh, active members in order to do that. Um, you're not going to have any Asian members for a long time. And there, I realize there are no Asian applications uh, before you right now, but I think the better path forward is to make appointments to the commission rather than reducing its size. You have the applications with just two appointments, which this committee could make. Um, you, could, you could have an equal impact on the quorum problem uh, as, as, to, um, as compared with reducing the size of the, of the commission. Um, and I think that's the better path forward. There's a lot of work to do. This is a big county, uh, and you've assigned additional 
um, tasks to the commission without assigning people to do them. So we need people to do the task. It's a volunteer commission. We need the help we can get. Back to you, Mr. Clerk. Thank you. Are there any other speakers on this matter? Mr. Chair, there are no, no additional speakers for this matter. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on item number two is now closed. And I would like to make a motion to amend this. Oh, Supervisor Safai. I, just, I, do, I do have a question. I, I, I understand that this is your legislation. W what is the reasoning behind removing lines 14 through 16 that refer to one member of the commission shall be a child advocate, family member, or consumer advocate for minors who use mental health services? That actually 14 through 15. On, on your legislation? Oh, I'm sorry, page two. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, page two. The part that you struck about having the child advocate. So generally... <clears throat> and, so, I, and I see yeah. you put language in there that any one of these members can, any member may satisfy the requirements of both subsections. Um, but I understand you're adding in the veteran. That makes sense. I'm just curious. The, the issue um, in working Looks like with... someone from the department's here as oh, well. Oh, sure. Okay. If you, don't. you can answer if you want to no. as well. Oh, well, I just wanted to also just add in that we do currently have a child advocate on the committee already. Carletta, Carletta Jackson Lane is one. And also we're trying to streamline the legislation with the language. So I'm not sure if it's necessary to actually state that, but it's anyone with a mental health experience in the system or knowledge or that's a family member of someone. Um, so that's why we, we, we're trying to streamline the language a little bit more. But it, it, does, it, will, it would include someone um, that had experience with um, child mental health. And like I said, we do currently have a member who is a child advocate on the committee already. I see the, I see the through the chair, I see the on page uh, two at the top, lines four through seven, where it says, as required by Cal California Welfare Institutions Code, section 5604, at least six members of the commission shall be consumers or the parents, spouses, siblings, or adult children of consumers with at least three members being consumers and at least three members being family, being family of consumers. So I understand that it's kind of captured in there, but I was just curious what the reasoning was behind taking out the language that says child advocate. Oh, no. I said my <laughs> so in general terms, when we have a larger committee that is struggling to meet um, quorum, um, I think looking at some of the things that, not just the numbers, but also areas where the being overly prescriptive is hamstringing our ability to recruit people. Um, as in this case, we do have a child advocate who's on the committee so I think what, what this is is always trying to strike the balance. No, no, I, I understand. I appreciate that. It's one of the things that we struggled with when we had, <clears throat> when we did our oversight uh, body for the Department of Homeless Supportive Housing. Um, there was a lot of push to have very general language. Um, but the thinking was, at least from my perspective, the reason I fought ho so hard to ha ensure that there would be someone that had direct representation for transitional age youth is because they're often kind of an afterthought. I'm glad that there's an advocate on the body currently,
But is there any resistance to leaving the language in that could say that, you know, that that then still continue to be prioritized? I understand that we've had a problem filling this body. I understand that we've had a f problem getting quorum, but I do, I, do, I do have concerns about if this person were not appointed, um, is it difficult? I mean, maybe someone from the Department of Public Health can answer this, but have you had difficulty in the past filling the <clears throat> uh, meeting the language that says in addition that you have someone that's a child advocate, either a family member or a consumer? Good morning, Supervisor Safai. Anna Validzik, the Government Affairs Manager at TPH. Um, we are working with Supervisor Dor Dorsey's office to streamline this legislation to bring in alignment with the state law because of the requirement for 50% of the membership to be really either consumers or family members. If we add one more seat, then we would have to add another seat for family. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not asking for an additional seat. I just wanted to say in the universe that you had, would it be difficult to leave that language in? Because you could leave that language in and still have the seat count that you had. We could, but we would have to balance it with the state the state requirements, oh. and that's that's why the legislation is in, it, as it is in front of you to today. Um, so that that is the, that was the um, thinking behind that. We could discuss this will be continued because these amendments are substantive, but that's that's the reasoning behind that. And we, as we have stated earlier, we do have a current commissioner. I don't believe it's been hard to recruit for this uh, role but wanted to state the reasoning behind that. Okay, why don't, why don't we, um, um, maybe through the chair to our city attorney, is there a way that we could put language in there that would honor the state welfare code and at the same time not add an additional seat? You don't have to have the language right now, but maybe you've thought about it. Um, Deputy City Attorney Ann Pearson, I do think ultimately that's a policy choice. Um, the state code does require, as has been pointed out, that 50% of the members be consumers or family members. And so if you have a body of 12, that means six. It further requires that there be a veterans advocate or a veteran. And amongst the consumers and their family members, you need to have 20% and 20%. So it is very prescribed. Whether there are some seats on the body now that are sort of have more open-ended qualifications that could be limited to this one qualification, perhaps, and that's something I think that we could figure out um, between now and when this is heard next time. And, and would that be a substantive amendment? Um, Hard to tell. Probably not. Okay, great. So why don't we just talk a little bit more? I don't need to hold it. I just wanted to underscore the point that I think that, I think it is important to think about the amount of mental health stress that many young adults have been put under. Um, and having a family member there as an advocate, I, I, it says half, half, half. I, I see that. I just wanted to highlight that. And if there's a way that we can keep that there, I think it would be important. Great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Supervisor Safai. So then if we do entertain a motion in the next uh, meeting, it would not be substantive for the, as Deputy City Attorney Ann Pearson. I don't think it would okay. because that is already one of the seats. I think we would just be restoring that. Okay. Um, no promises, okay. but I don't think so. So then I would like to uh, make a, mo oh, Vice Chair Walton. Thank you, Chair Dorsey. I just wanted to um, coincide my, my comments uh, and my 
feeling to leave the language uh, with Supervisor Safai. Thank you, Vice Chair Walton. So I'd like to make a motion to amend the file as uh, read into the record earlier um, and continue the item to the January 8th meeting of the Rules Committee. Mr. Clerk, we have a roll call on that motion. Uh, yes, on the motion to amend and continue the matter to January 8th, 2024. Vice Chair Walton. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. On a unanimous vote then, item number two, composition of the Behavioral Health Commission is amended and continued to January 8th. Mr. Clerk, can we please call the next item? Yes, item number three is the ordinance amending the Campaign and Government Conduct Code to update and clarify the conflict of interest codes, Form 700, filing requirements for officers and employees in the General Services Agency under the City Administrator. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. We are joined this morning by Sophie Hayward from the City Administrator's Office. Uh, and also a representative from the Department of Human Resources, I believe. Uh, the City Administrator's Office has amendments that were circulated this morning and have, uh, they have requested a continuance. Um, Ms. Hayward, welcome to the Rules Committee this morning. The floor is yours. Thank you so much, Chair Dorsey and Supervisors. My name is Sophie Hayward. I'm the Director of Public Affairs at the Office of the City Administrator. Thank you so much for your consideration of this uh, set of amendments. I just wanted to summarize them for the record. There are four basic changes uh, that we circulated in these amendments, and they are, and this legislation, by the way, is essentially a list of employees that are required to file the Form 700, so the amendments are a little bit boring to read, but they are in list format. The first is that under Animal Care and Control, on page three, we removed the position of Operations Manager, and on page four, under Contract Monitoring Division, we added the Deputy Director position. Under Real Estate, on page 10, we added the Transaction Manager. And for TIDA, Treasure Island, on page 10, we added the Administrative Analyst and added the Project Manager. And my understanding is that um, these are substantive amendments, so they would need to be um, heard at a later date, and in addition, um, DHR is notifying labor and giving them an opportunity to weigh in on this. So um, with your blessing, we'll be back in January to present this. I'm certainly available for any questions. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Hayward. Um, I will make a motion to incorporate these amendments after uh, public comment. Colleagues, are there any questions or comments on this? Okay. Uh, Mr. Clerk, can we open this item up to public comment? Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item should line up to speak at this time. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes. There will be a soft chime when you have 30 seconds left and a louder chime when your time has expired. Are there any commenters for this matter? There does not appear to be any public commenters for this matter. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on item number three is now closed, and I will make a motion to amend item three as read into the record by Mrs. Hayward and uh, continue this item to the January 8th meeting. Mr. Clerk, can we have a roll call on that motion? Yes, on the motion to amend and continue as amended to January 8th. Vice Chair Walton. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. On a unanimous vote, then. Item number three, Campaign and Governmental Conduct Code, Form 700 Filers, 
General Services Agency City Administrator is amended and continued to January 8th. Mr. Clerk, can we please call item number four? Yes, item number four is an ordinance amending the administrative code to revise the reporting duties of the reentry council and extend the sunset date of the reentry council by five years to June 1st, 2029. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, Dominica Don Donovan from uh, Supervisor Catherine Stephanie's office is joining us this morning. Supervisor Stephanie is the author of this measure. Ms. Donovan, uh, welcome to the Rules Committee. This morning, the floor is yours. Good morning, Chair Dorsey and Vice Chair Walton, Dominica Donovan, Chief of Staff to Supervisor Catherine Stephanie. The item before you would extend the San Francisco Reentry Council sunset date through June 1st, 2029, as existing law provides that the Reentry Council shall sunset June 1st, 2024. And the ordinance that the re the ordinance also provides that the Reentry Council's next annual report be submitted by December 31st, 2024. At least 30 days prior, the Council will provide city departments an opportunity to provide a response to be included as an addendum in the final report if received at least 10 days prior to the due date. Since 2008, the Reentry Council has played a pivotal role in the San Francisco justice community through their work in supporting justice involved in formerly incarcerated individuals. Made up of 24 members, the Council is the cornerstone of collaboration among various agencies and organizations, bringing together a wide range of stakeholders to create a unified approach in supporting justice involved and formerly incarcerated people. The work of the Council ensures that no one is left without support upon reentry and that re individuals reentering society have access to the resources that they need to succeed. Programs like Getting Out and Staying Out, Positive Directions, TRP Academy, the Billy Holiday Center and the MENA Project were created by the work done by the Reentry Council and have saved and changed so many lives. As we know, a strong reentry support network results in safer communities. Supervisor Stephanie believes that the Reentry Council plays an essential role in helping individuals who are justice involved and that its work has a profound impact in making positive changes in the lives of justice involved individuals. I'm available for questions. If you have any, Victoria Westbrook, the Reentry Division Director with Adult Probation, is also here and available for questions. Thank you. Great. Thank you. I don't have any questions other than I just wanted to uh, express my appreciation for the, the work that the, uh, the Reentry Council does and for um, Supervisor Stephanie's leadership on this. Um, seeing no one on the roster, I will open this up to public comment. Uh, yes, are there any members of the public who would like to make public yeah. comment at this time? Good morning, Chair Dorsey, Supervisor Walton, Supervisor Safai. <clears throat> I'm Victoria Westbrook, the Reentry Division Director for Adult Probation. Adult Probation staffs and oversees the Reentry Council, and I'm here today to urge you to vote in support of renewing the legislation um, that authorizes the Reentry Council by extending its sunset date. Um, I just want to note, let you know that like, there's no other collective body in this city or county that has 17 different city departments, an organization that provides pretrial services in the community, and seven formerly incarcerated individuals um, that work together to meet the needs of the incarcerated and formerly incarcerated people in our community. Thank you. Uh, there does not appear to be anybody else in the room for public comment. Great. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Public comment on item number four is now closed, and I will make a motion to send this item to the full board with a positive recommendation as a committee report. Uh, Mr. Clerk, can we have a roll call on that motion? 
Uh, yes, on the motion. Vice Chair Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Chair Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. The motion passes without objection. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. On a unanimous vote, then, item number four, Administrative Code, Reentry Council. Reporting duties sunset date is sent to the full board with a positive recommendation and as a committee report. Mr. Clerk, do we have any further business? Uh, there's no additional items on today's agenda. Thank you, Mr. Clerk, and thank you, everyone. We are adjourned, and happy holidays.